Welcome back to another episode to the moms. Today we'll be talking about our postpartum journey. Mm-hmm. For some of you, your postpartum was great. I think for us, it was a bit of a challenge. It was a roller coaster. I think that's yeah. the best way to describe it. Yeah, I will say after understanding postpartum and just understanding certain things that I did that was related mm-hmm. to postpartum like once the postpartum like left yeah I kind of was just like I went through that I right. went through that shit and I picked myself up by mm-hmm. myself it just goes to show like how amazing moms are how or yeah. women in general you know right um, right and one thing I do want to say is that I think it's so important. This this is something I wish that I did is just educate myself on everything postpartum what, once you're pregnant. And I yes. think doctors, especially in this country, need to do a better job at educating women um, mm-hmm. because it's good to know like what to expect, what signs to look for. Yep. Um, because it's it could be a very lonely time and confusing too. Like I know it it was very confusing for me. Like, wait, what? Like, why didn't anyone tell me about this? Same. I want to say when I was, I think it was like in the middle of the pandemic, and I was mm-hmm. just so so mean. I'm like, I don't understand like what's going on. Yeah. Um, I think. I think I like read some, I, I don't know, TikTok was huge. So I think mm-hmm. I might have saw something on TikTok. And that's when I realized I'm like, oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. I think I am going through postpartum depression. But this was like six or seven, eight months in. That so, could happen. Yeah. It could uh, happen, you know? I think. I, I forgot. It could happen to a year or maybe. Yeah, it can last to yeah. a year. But what I'm saying, I didn't realize until right. like okay, eight okay. months. That, that's what passed, you were going through. And right. I'm like, oh, my God, like, it's not it's not me. I'm right. not the problem. I mean, um, I'm not the problem, but it's a chemical imbalance in my body yeah. that's like making it such a problem. And yeah. once I realized that, I kind of took a step back. And that's when me becoming a stay-at-home mom, like, it was very intense. Like, I had to do mm-hmm. it. And that's when the begging, because I told Abraham, I was like, I am not connected mm-hmm. to Thane. Like, I don't feel any connection to him. Like, I know that's my son, and I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do. But the amount of masking that I was doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I need to be a stay-at-home mom because mm-hmm. I need to be able to connect with him. I do want more kids. I need to be able to figure this shit out. To be more present. To be more yeah. present and to be willing to be more present. Not like, oh, yeah. I have to do this. I have to do that. Or like, right. I need to be this person that everyone thinks I am or like has to be. So it was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Being yeah. pregnant with Cirilla, I did so much healing during that pregnancy so much healing so much you gave yourself grace because you realize like so much well you had already gone through it once right so you you knew a little bit what to expect exactly and I knew I did not want to go through that again Mm -hmm. so I made it my mission to educate myself to fully understand like triggers and what to look out for at that time I even educated Abraham. I'm like, I was going to say that it's very important to educate your partners because it they, is. they have no idea. 
They have no clue. They mm-hmm. told us while I was going through postpartum with uh, Thane, Abraham thought I was a crazy bitch. Yeah. He's like, I married someone who was crazy. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say that. Yeah, in your head. Like, <laughs> in my head. <laughs> in my head, he's thinking like, yo, this shit is fucking rough. Like, mm-hmm. she is crazy. Yeah. And like, I, your aunt lived with us, so I'm pretty sure she's probably like, this bitch is crazy. Like, what mm-hmm. is up with her? Mm-hmm. You, you know? So no, I totally get it. I'm so happy that like I had the opportunity. This is be so. This is like a double edged sword. Going through postpartum, yes, it sucks, but for me, because I did the healing all by myself and I picked myself up, I am now this changed person. It's almost empowering in a way. Yes, yes, it's almost it's it's empowering because it's like I did that by myself. I healed myself. By myself without no one realizing what was going on. Like, oh my god, no, I'm about nobody to cry. Knew. Here we go. <laughs> oh, we're that, only like six minutes in. No, that like that just resonated with me mm-hmm. so hard. Like, no one knew. Yeah, um, I was in like a very dark cloud. I would mm-hmm. say postpartum. Like, I was just. It was very confusing for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think when we got home from the hospital. You know, I was recovering from the C-section. I, I don't mm-hmm. think it, like, the the um, the um rush of hormones hit me, I think, until, like, I don't know, maybe, like, a few days in, like, once I was already home, mm-hmm. I experienced, you know, the baby blues. Yep. Which, you know, you've experienced. And we, we jotted down some notes here to kind of explain what exactly is the baby blues. So, basically... Mm-hmm. It's a two week period where your body's, you know, you just gave birth and you're, mm-hmm. you're going through the rush of emotions. It's like a drop in hormones. Right. 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 It's like um, your hormones, you're trying to get back to normal. Yeah. And it's, it's very confusing because you're feeling mm-hmm. sad one moment, then you're happy, then you're anxious, then you're, it's mm-hmm. just a lot, a lot of mood swings. Um, yeah, that was that was something else. And um I experienced that for the two weeks, but then the crying never went away. Right. So I remember for my um like my postpartum what is it, like your post follow up appointment, whatever the fuck. Yeah, it's like the six well for you for a C section it would have been eight weeks. Well, yeah, so I had three appointments. I had a two week oh. post op, I had six and then I had eight weeks. So for the, yeah, so for the two weeks I went in because they have to make sure like your scar, everything is healing. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm going to share this and be very vulnerable here, but basically I went in, um, to, to the appointment with Lou, with Grayson, very frantic because leaving the house with Grayson was very overwhelming for me. I was very just all over the place, very chaotic, very like, oh my God, I need to make sure I have enough bring enough milk oh my god like is he okay it, it, it was very overwhelming for me so go to the appointment my doctor checks my scar everything looks good my nurse practic- uh, practic- practitioner nicole she's at every appointment she's been at i forgot to mention her in previous episodes but she is a godsend so she's at every appointment um once he leaves she pulls me aside and she goes are you okay oh wow and i'm like what do you yeah she goes no she's like I've seen you at this office 
every two weeks for the last year. You're not okay. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, and I just, I broke down. Yeah. Like, I'm already, like, getting really I know, I'm already, like, teary-eyed for you, too. Because uh, I wasn't expecting to go into that appointment um, talking about, like, my mental health and how I was feeling. And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know what's going on. And she's like, it's normal. And that's when she she was educating Blue on postpartum. And thank God for that, because it was very eye opening for him. And um, yeah, she was just like, you know, your feelings are are totally valid. And um, what you're going through, it's it's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so I I was bawling and and she was like, you know, um there's things that you can do, there's resources, like do you want to see a therapist? Do you want to go the medication route? Um at the time I did go the medication route, um and thank God that I did because once I was on medication, uh I was good. Oh good. I was good for a little while. So I think my the, my postpartum depression lasted for about a month. And then um, I decided to wean off the medication and I was fine from months um, two to about five. And then I was experiencing postpartum anxiety around month five. Um, it was really hard for me to leave the house with Grayson. Um, I. I kind of had intrusive thoughts of just worrying that something may happen to him. Yeah. You know, same. Yeah. I, I still get them. Oh yeah. Me too. They're not, it's not as intense as it <laughs> it's was not before, as intense. but yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. <laughs> it lasted a while. And then I exclusively pumped because I couldn't breastfeed, um, Grayson and that was really hard I know you mentioned that you had a hard time connecting with Thane in the beginning yeah same thing for me for Grayson I I felt like I couldn't bond with him because I couldn't breastfeed him and that was so hard because I tried I tried so hard to make it work and I just couldn't and it was like I don't know how to explain it's like I would miss him even though he was right next to me I would look Mm -hmm. at pictures and I would obsess over his pictures it was like weird. It was like he was, I knew he was there, but like I, I, I couldn't believe that like I finally had this baby, especially mm-hmm. after I had gone through that, my loss. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't believe that he was my son. Like I yeah. it was just, it was just very, very weird. Yeah. For me, because Thane came early and like nothing was done. I kind of was just like lost, like lost in this fog. Like what am I supposed to do? Like nothing is put away. I don't have clothes for him that fit him. I have to go out. So his early life, like I kind of was just out getting him clothes, out getting him the things that he needs. Like figuring everything out. Trying to figure things out because like he is premature, but he didn't need NICU. So I'm like thankful and relieved, but like scared because like that whole thing with him having one ounce every hour having to burp him for so long and like put him down it was just like Mm -hmm. what the hell is going on like no like no one talks about anything like that and I'm sure this happened to you when you left the the hospital but during discharge I remember them talking about um baby blues and like postpartum and wanting to seek help but like you don't remember that when you're in the mist 
Yeah. You're in your newborn bubble. You don't, you're not thinking about all that. Right. And you're sleep deprived. You're trying to make sure that you're changing diapers on time, looking out for rashes, if they're colic and burping, like all that just goes in one ear and out the the other. other. Yeah. And then with me, I never, my first appointment was six months after. Mm-hmm. so i mean six months six weeks six, sorry six weeks six, yeah, weeks six weeks yeah yeah six weeks after and i wasn't gonna tell my doctor like i'm feeling sad i don't connect no, because it's like hard. i almost feel it, like i don't know not embarrassed like a bad yeah. mom yeah it's like damn what's like i'm gonna say this out loud like i love my child but like i don't in a sense i love my life but i don't in the in a sense so. it's a big life transition too like right you're a new mom like it's a huge huge people don't realize but it's such a huge change right it's, it's like the biggest change that could happen in your life it's the you know biggest change yeah and i remember like um we talked about in the last episode how like everything with my pregnancy with dane was so un unplanned mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so there was the grief of like, okay, well, what's my life going to look now? Like throughout my pregnancy with Dane, like I was grieving the life that I yeah, had because right. it came so sudden. It wasn't mm-hmm. like we planned for this. Like, yes, I'm okay with everything changing. Like, you know, That's I, That's I had too. to yeah. change. Right. I remember, I remember this and I would never forget. Mm-hmm. Um, I was texting a group of girls and I think I had found out the gender, but I wasn't telling anyone yet. Mm-hmm. And I sent them the the ultrasound picture. Mm-hmm. And I put something along the lines. Up until now, I wasn't happy. But looking at this picture, I am so happy and so grateful. Mm-hmm. Their response was, babies are a blessing. You don't know how lucky you are to get pregnant because so many people That's in the true. world try to get pregnant and they can't get pregnant. And you should be grateful no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I took that as a negative response. Really? I did. I did not take that positive. I took that negatively. And I remember thinking, this isn't the group of women I want supporting me throughout my pregnancy. Mm -hmm. I had, remember how I'm very calculated. I sent that Mm -hmm. same text message and picture to my best friend. Mm-hmm. Jackie mm-hmm. and her response was it's okay it is a huge change in your life it was very unexpected for you you had all these plans That's it's okay to response, grieve yeah. the life that you had and start looking forward towards the future that you have with your new baby and I remember thinking that is the response mm-hmm. you'd want someone to make you feel like validated what, validated yes mm-hmm. yeah and yep. keep it real with you too and keep it real, yes. And that's exactly what Jackie did. And from that moment on, I knew the girls mm-hmm. who were going to stand beside me and the ones that who would not. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, it still shows to this day where Jackie is the only one mm-hmm. showing up, telling me the right thing, telling me the things that not only I need to hear, because she does keep it real with me 100, but she also validates and support me so from that moment when I received that negative response in my eyes Mm -hmm. I knew I had to start masking I had to start pretending and I think that's when things started going like downhill for me was my pregnancy with Thane Mm -hmm. 
because things at work were were stressful. Um, He came early and I swear he came early because I was so stressed with like work. Mm -hmm. Um, So when he came in and he came early, it was just hard for me because as you know, other things that happened to me during the pregnancy and I didn't feel good enough. Yeah. So I get that. I think if I, if I, I think if things were different and I had more people supporting me throughout pregnancy, I would have been more willing to say, I need help. Right. Something is off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. And I think because I've been through that rock bottom, yeah, I think I became this person for like other people where I'm like, I'm going to try, I'm going to be there for, for them. I'm going to ask them, how are you doing? I'll ask how the baby's doing yeah, and how the adjustment is. I'm going to ask, how are you doing? Because, because you've I, been through it and you Because I've been through it and I understand. And I understand what it's like to be alone. And yeah. I don't like when people feel alone. Because mm-hmm. it's a sucky feeling. It's a terrible, you know? it's a terrible feeling. Yeah. I, when, you know, before I had Grayson, like during the pregnancy, I, I felt so prepared. Like I read so many books and I was like watching all these videos and it, it was like the worst feeling I feel like when I had him and I felt like I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. I felt so lost and I, and I had like major mom guilt. I'm like, why can't I figure this shit out? Mm hmm. Everything was so overwhelming. I didn't know how to do shit. Nothing. Right. Like, it was like I was just, and it. You know what? I, I'm thinking about what you said about like things that friends say, mm-hmm. things that people told me were, oh, it'll come natural to you. So I put that in my head, like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, like, like once you have the baby, like everything will come natural. It'll, it'll come. I'm like, I didn't have that feeling. Yeah, that was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that feeling with with Thane because it it didn't come natural to me. I had to learn everything. Everything was mm-hmm. like I I was lost. I would like I said I was in this huge I was in this fog. Like every day I would cry to blue and I'd be like, why am I feeling like this? Why why can't I figure this out? Like why is everything mm-hmm. so hard? Right, right. And why is it That's... so easy for other people? Why like just why right and I feel like it's because like other people they were like educated maybe they grew up watching someone Mm -hmm. um I don't know like just I just I just think people that it comes naturally to I think they grew up in a home watching mothers take care of their newborns or just watching someone or just fully educated on it and I know I wasn't fully educated on it mm-hmm. even though i took a parenting and child class that shit goes out school, the window that goes out the window the only thing it prepared me was was like okay if you got a baby your life is going to change because these yeah. are all the things you have to do but not necessarily how it's done and like the yeah. why it's done so just like you with saying it was difficult with Savrilla, i would say postpartum was a little bit better um how many weeks or days did blue have off so that's another thing i wanted to mention he only had a week off same thing with abe for thane he only had a week off really only only a week Mm -hmm. that was maybe two two weeks that was was so hard like i remember when he told me i was like wait you're only taking a week off like what am i supposed to do 
Mm-hmm. Like I, the C-section recovery was so freaking hard. Like I couldn't lift my body to pick up Grayson. You know how right. hard that was? Like I couldn't pick up my own child. I had mm-hmm. to rely on Blue, and sometimes in the middle of the night, like he'd be sleeping, and I'd have to like, "Can you wake up? I can't, I can't get up. I have to feed the baby." Like that was so freaking hard. Yeah, so, um, I can imagine. Yeah, so like just knowing that he had to go back to work so soon. Yeah, he worked from home like for like a month after, but even so, like that was it was still hard. I know. I get the feeling. I didn't have a C-section, but I did tear down down there. So getting in and out of, like, my tall-ass bed, it hurt. Mm -hmm. Like, I had to use a step stool, get on a certain way. It took took time for me to get on this, so I'm not, like, ripping my stitches down down there. Oh, yeah. I'm terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, that sounds terrible. (laughs) It was bad. I remember there was one time I think I got scared and I like got up so, so quickly and I felt all this pressure there and I was like, oh my God, please don't rip, please don't rip. I'm like, please. So that's kind of how a cervical cerclage is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like that pressure, like feeling like it's gonna, yeah. And like, ugh, like not to be TMI, but you don't wipe down there like right you, you can't wipe <laughs> you have to use the frida carry bottle, bottle yeah. to feel squeaky clean and that's the one you Jesus, have to use don't use the one you, from the hospital <laughs> the hospital one is terrible I, re- I remember i think i got the frida perry bottle yeah like after i had given like birth like i didn't take it to the hospital so like trying to like clean myself down there in the in the bathroom I was like it took me 30 minutes yeah 30 minutes every time so like then there was that where I wasn't bonding with Thane in the hospital like Abraham was honestly doing everything the only time I like held him was when I had to feed him or okay sure I would change his diaper but then I'll be like I have to pee like I need you to change his diaper and I have to do this whole like setup so then I I, for me I feel like from the get-go like I wasn't able to bond with Thane. And then, I don't know if this happened with you, but the lactation consultant is there hovering over you. And I'm oh just, my like, God. freaking out. Because right, it's like, like, right freshly, like, after giving yeah. birth, right? How overwhelming I'm, is that? I'm like, I, like I, I, you clearly don't know how many days I've been in this freaking hospital with no food and nothing, and you want me to, like, but breastfeed? It's, it's invasive, right too. I, I don't know if they did it for you, but they were like, do you mind if I grab your your nipple like and they're just like trying to squ- no they didn't do that yeah with, they with did me. that with me because nothing <laughs> was coming out so they were like trying oh. to express like show me how to hand express and they were doing it on me oh no they it was very do- invasive oh no they didn't do that with me <laughs> thankfully <laughs> um but yeah and I remember just like already like panicking mm-hmm. with like breastfeeding and I think they said that he had some sort of lip tire. Maybe they didn't tell me that, um, but he wasn't latching. That same thing with so, Grayson. He oh didn't latch. Oh my gosh. He will. I remember there was one time I was home. I was upstairs and my mom and my sister was here. And I was like, I need help trying to like figure this out. So um, I remember putting him on my nipple and he like, numbed on my nipple I was screaming and my mom had to like go like this to like take out and I was like 
get me formula because I can't do this. Yeah. I mean, can we just talk about for a second how difficult breastfeeding is? Something that should quote unquote come natural. But the reality is that it it doesn't for a lot of women. Like I know it it didn't come natural for me. It didn't come natural for you. Like It didn't. It did not. Oh my gosh. I remember I stopped nursing. I was like, F this. I'm not going to nurse. So I started pumping and mm-hmm. um, I was waiting for my insurance to send me the breast pump. Yeah. So I purchased like the $15 manual pump and Lord have mercy. At first I was like, this hurts, but I preferred pumping mm-hmm. than breastfeeding. But then after I would breastfeed, I don't know if you felt like this, um, um, I mean, pumping. I don't know if you felt like this, but I was not happy. No, me Like, I, I, I was not happy. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to do, do this. Like, it became such like a, a chore. Task. It like became a like chore. a chore. Yeah. I had to, like, mentally prepare myself because I knew after I was done, like, I wasn't going to feel happy. Yeah. And I didn't know that was something that can happen to pumping and like nursing moms when they have a letdown they have these severe thoughts yeah so we wrote it down so it's called dysphoric milk ejection reflex and it's it causes intense negative emotions just before you let down or release milk you get waves of feeling sad lonely confused mm-hmm. that and then sucks. it's and i <laughs> I like this is the part where I'm in the beginning when you saw me you were like you look so stressed like yeah I am Mm -hmm. maybe was stressed because I'm thinking about everything that had gone wrong during postpartum and how I went through that alone Mm -hmm. and everyone just thought I was crazy and it's just like this shit isn't talked about enough for people to be like you know what I think breastfeeding is is making me have these severe thoughts maybe I should stop maybe I should talk to my my doctor and get, get the help and I I just wish I wish Abraham was educated to some certain degree. I wish my mother-in-law was educated to some certain degree because things would have been different. I know. And I wish friends would have been more upfront with us, you know? Right. That's why I'm so open about like my postpartum journey. I'm not ashamed to say that I was on medication. I'm not ashamed to say that I was dealing with depression, anxiety. I still deal with Mm -hmm. that on, you know, regular, you know, sometimes. It needs to be talked about. Yeah. Because you know how many women are probably feeling alone right now and masking right like you said mm-hmm. i masked so hard that no one knew what the hell was going on yeah and i no i did too knew. like people would be like oh how's mom life how's motherhood and it's just it's like it's oh. freaking like if you only had a clue you know right right and then i hate even if you like open up like you don't want to seem you don't want to seem ungrateful you don't want to see like a bad mom yeah right or like oh there's so many women that will be lucky to be in your um, position and it's like i don't let's let's stop let's stop comparing i hate women against women because i absolutely hate that because as i said before like your heart is your heart my heart is my heart exactly i should not I should not hear that. No one should judge me for what's my heart. Like if your mental stability is you can handle all that shit, kudos to you. But I'm pretty sure there's something that I could handle that you that you can't. 
but like we shouldn't judge each other for that or i hate hearing like back in my day i didn't have this i didn't have that and it's like that doesn't help that's not that's That's not not motivating it's that makes me feel more of a shitty person Mm -hmm. a shitty mother and that i was not meant to do this 100 that shit is hard i when you yeah (laughs) go ahead i was i was just gonna quickly add that um when i had grace and like i was also grieving the loss of my first baby that was that in itself was very confusing because i just kept thinking man like what if he was here right that was very hard and just hearing people say things like even till they say oh well you have your rainbow baby like everyone goes through things people have miscarriages all the time and it's just that's not helpful that's That's not it's not that's not I, I hate I hate that that's the feedback that you're getting because I can't imagine being in your shoes after going through that yeah. I can't because that that shit is hard it was traumatic that shit is hard because now it's like you're like stuck in the middle where it's like I appreciate that the baby is here yeah. but I wish I could have had Liam I yeah. wish Liam was here, you you know. So I, I know that really infuriates me mm-hmm. that people weren't more supportive and understanding and validating towards yeah. your feelings. Yeah, I don't think people realize when you made a YouTube video about your loss. I think people forget that you actually delivered Liam. I, yeah, people think that I just had like a, um, a, a, and, like I, a, a and I'm not gonna dim- yeah a miscarriage. I'm not gonna diminish yeah. miscarriages. Like I, you know, no one wants that. But yeah, right. I had to deliver Liam. Like I had to hold him. I it, it was very very traumatic. Yeah. Um. So that makes me very upset that people just don't validate you aren't weren't there for for you and like it's yeah. it's out there and like you said you're an open book. Mm-hmm. So it flabbergast me how you don't get the support that you deserve no and it's like I've said in a previous episode people are almost scared to like I know it's a touchy subject but like I don't know people they're just I don't know right it's like I don't know at what point I reach out to you but I remember telling myself like I need to reach out to Kathy but I can't bring up her loss without having her feel comfortable first like I wanted to make sure that like you know we were in like a comfortable situation where you felt okay to like tell me because I think that's what people need need to do so reach out how are you doing what's your plans for the weekend oh my gosh I saw this recipe and I thought about you and I right just just by doing that you can help someone yeah. go through a grieving process yeah just check in just check in with them yeah it's not like hey are you still crying you yeah, or they're scared fun? to reach out or they're scared to reach out yeah i hate it's like, that shit it's i don't because there's there's so many ways where you can just make a simple conversation into a larger conversation and make the person just feel validated feel yeah. like they're a person feel like they're beyond their like grief Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So I hate that. I hate that for you. It's okay, though. It's I, it's all good. 
I know, because it's something you had to pull yourself out from. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to um to circle back about the amount of um leave time that Abe oh, and yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Blue. For Cirilla, Abraham had two months. Wow. When I tell you that was amazing yeah. to have two months off. Because how, how would you have done it with two kids? It it was... Because Thane was still a It baby. was a blessing. He was... He was a baby still. Yeah, he wasn't even two. Yeah, he was yeah. 20 months. He was 20 yeah. months. And in my heart, I knew he was going to be autistic. Like, I just I just knew wow. he he was. So going through that throughout pregnancy... So pregnancy with Cirilla, I never mentioned this before. It was also tough because I was healing myself. Mm-hmm. I was trying to understand the signs for autism, trying to advocate for him, but he needed to catch up. Like his timeline to catch up was by two years old. And from there, it, you know, is considered, okay, so he has, you know, yeah. some sort of de- developmental delay. So when I had give birth to Cirilla, and Abraham had two months off. By the time he went back to work, I was already making appointments for right. Oh my God, that's right. to be evaluated. That's a lot so to, to go through. It was so much to go through, but I am so thankful that the two months that he had off helped. Yeah. Like I turned my guest room into a postpartum room because I knew I was going to need a space to call my own where I can just close the door, read a book, watch TV and calm the fuck down. Um, So that was very, very, very helpful. But postpartum with Cirilla, it was literally nonstop doctor appointments for Thane and for her too. I don't know if I ever told you, but, um, she developed hemangiomas two or three weeks after giving birth. Do what you know is what that? a no that's um they call them strawberries. So it's like this um um it's like a vessel of blood that like develops over the skin. It can get like really big. Apparently your sister had it on her head and it went away. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So Cirilla had it in an area that wasn't um you couldn't see it okay so she had to get an ultrasound done to make sure there wasn't any hematiomas inside her there's none thankfully um but we had to be on watch with her because if it bursts then we have to take her to the emergency room oh oh yeah going back to Thane you were going to all the doctor appointments doctor's appointments after doctor's appointments and when Cirilla was 10 months old, we finally got the diagnosis that he was autistic. And wow, I, I remember by then I was just so numb. I was just so numb through like postpartum because it's like everything happened so fast with him yeah. and all the therapies um, that we were doing. We were doing four, four therapies a week at, at one point. Wow. And... I finally get this diagnosis and I remember the psychologist was like, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to take it with a grain of salt. And I was like, no, I'm just happy this is done. This is over because you knew in your heart. I I knew in my heart. And what pissed me off so much was wait until he's two, wait until he's two. That's a long time to wait if you already knew in your heart and you wanted him to be evaluated sooner. 
Yes, I knew at 15 months, but they say 15 months and 18 months, it's early. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll give it to two years old. Yeah. Um. So when I finally got it, I was like, sure. Like, I'm going to have to grieve the life that I thought I was going to have with my son. That must be really hard. But it's oh, it's still hard to, to yeah, it's something with. that you're It's something that you're going to think about. I think about it every day, forever, for the rest of my life. And I'll talk more about it. I'll definitely want to dedicate it. Yeah, we'll dedicate an episode just, you know, you sharing, um, you know, bringing awareness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And talking about your experience with that. Absolutely. But once I got the diagnosis, it was like confirmation that, you know, he is autistic. This is going to open doors for him because, um, I needed that data report for the school, for the child study team, so he can start school when he was three, and thank God he is. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, he's in a self-contained classroom, so just going through a lot of grief with Cyrilla during postpartum was also a lot. That's when I dyed my hair red, because I was like, I need to spaz the fuck out. Yeah. And I wasn't going to turn into alcohol no. or to drugs, to mm-hmm. weed. I was like, I need to spaz the fuck out. And <laughs> so I you dye your hair red. <laughs> fire red. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think once Cirilla turned, they say um, postpartum can, postpartum depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. rage can last up until a year. Yeah. Facts. Because yeah. I, I could tell you by like my birthday. I was, I was, I was good. Oh yeah. I was like, wow. What the fuck? Yeah. But then I was having hormonal problems, which I want to talk about in a later episode. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, So after, so I stopped exclusively pumping with Grayson at the seven month mark. And again, something that no one, I, no one mentioned to me, I had to figure out on my own. When you stop pumping or breastfeeding, it's like you have the baby blues all yeah. over again. Yep. Because your body's like, oh, okay, you you're not feeding anymore. Like your body's right. trying to regulate itself. Um, so mm-hmm. you have you have, you know, the drop in hormones again. Um, I went through it. Like I let me see, I stopped pumping beginning of March, I think, or end of February. I can't. Yeah. Beginning at the seven month mark. So it was like March. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had gone to a new OB to get my blood taken and checked out because I was concerned about my hormones. I was like, this is, this shouldn't be happening. Why am I feeling like this? And she diagnoses me with PCOS. She does like an ultrasound and everything. And I'm like, fuck, like, what the hell? I have PCOS. And for two whole months, I'm convinced that I have PCOS. I changed my diet. I'm taking all these vitamins. Um, And then I decided to get a second opinion with um, another OB, someone that I already know. This is the surgeon that removed that cyst that I had when I was pregnant with, with, uh, that I found when I was pregnant with Liam. Um, And he checks me and everything. And he's like, you don't have PCOS. Like that doctor completely misdiagnosed you. She didn't even do the right. Like there's a bunch of um, stuff like panels that she missed. And 
yeah, on your ultrasound, like it, it shows that you have some, um, I forgot what he said, like not fibroids, but follicles, follicles, follicles. Yeah. But he's like, I think it's just because you're ovulating right now. Like if anything, like you're really fertile. Mm-hmm. And, and I was explaining to him like all of my symptoms and everything. And he was like, just wait till you're a year. This is mm-hmm. completely normal. This is completely mm-hmm. normal. I remember you telling me, Amaris, that yeah. um, it's he's like you're you're going to start to feel like a lot of these symptoms that you're feeling are going to start diminishing. And he's right, literally. Mm-hmm. Like once once Grayson turned one, a lot of those symptoms that I had, um, they're they're gone. Yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. The we, it's the shit that we that we go through, and yeah. it's all like it's it's all freaking hormones. It's all hormones. It's all, hormones. but it's not talked about. Like that's what pisses me off. Right, right. So that's why we're here. That's why we're episode. here. Yeah, <laughs> and bringing awareness to that shit. Cause yeah, my goodness, we've been talking for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we can't oh. stop. We have we so can't. much to say. We have so much to say because so much has happened to us where we're just like, fuck. Like all this shit could have been avoided. If we were just if we were just educated or someone mm-hmm. was educated and willing to share, you 100%. know, speaking about sharing, yeah. do you want to share some tips that helped you with your breastfeeding journey? Um, yeah, I mean, so as far as pumping, um, I will say make sure you're getting the right pump. Um, oh yeah, I had, so I got one through my insurance, which was fine, but it's the one that you, it connects to the wall mm-hmm. or you could be hands-free, but you need like the bra. You right. Know what I mean? That didn't work for me. I, it's, okay. it just did not work for me. I couldn't just stay in one place, especially like if blue wasn't around, like, and I needed to pick up Grayson or something. So I went with the, um, the portable and those actually really I know they're they're hit or miss for a lot of people but they really really worked out for me um so that's important um and make sure your phalange size is correct Mm -hmm. um what else um air drying air air drying yeah so after you're done pumping make sure you know you air dry because it's you gotta you gotta heal you know the nips Mm -hmm. um and going in hand with the healing, uh, something that I use were the silver, silverettes. They're like little silver caps that you put on your nipples. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Those things are amazing. Did you use those? I didn't. I found that out oh. until like afterwards, but I heard they're like, a yeah, because they, 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 um, they keep them cool. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a very cooling yeah feeling so that's very helpful um and then any creams like i know a lot of people use like coconut oil um i mm-hmm. use linola linolin cream i think it's called yeah i i use that that too that that's amazing that is so good um fun yeah. fact so random yeah whenever <laughs> i like put like if i took out extra of like the, the nipple cream i'll just put the rest on my lip oh my god bitch! Yo. i just did that right now <laughs> I keep I keep a tube. I have the tube because it's multi-purpose. It's amazing. I literally like... right before this episode, I was like, "Where's my chapstick?" And I pulled out the. I was like, "Fuck it." <laughs> That's so funny. They work. They work great. So yeah. I'll be like, okay. Let me 
take care of the nippies. I'm going to take care of my lippy. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> it's so good. You could even use it as a diaper cream too. Like it has yes. so many uses. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. If you do plan on nursing, I will say, um, uh, look at the different positions that they have. Oh, because yeah. I remember, I think it was the football hold. The football mm-hmm. hold was one I could do on like one, like one side of the boob, but I couldn't mm-hmm. do with the other. And like the other, I had to do the um the cradle holds. Yeah. Um, so if you have the nursing pillow, bring that to the hospital because with Cervilla, I was determined to like breastfeed and like pump. But the one thing I forgot to bring was a nursing pillow. I I'm use trying. that thing. I, I, I think that everyone should get a nursing pillow because yes. you end up still using it. Post- like I use that pillow all the time if I need to prop oh. Grayson like so for a diaper change. Um, oh, that's smart. Yeah. Or even like if you're for C-section moms, like putting yes. it here. It's so. You need it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. amazing. You need it. So definitely get one and bring that in the hospital because it is amazing. Mm-hmm. And like like you said, I did use um a portable pump um pump but it wasn't the greatest but it did just enough to like let me down and kind of just send the signal to my body I need more milk so I was plugged into the wall and for me it wasn't that bad because I'll just put on the tv pump for like 20 minutes max and everything Mm -hmm. was good I tried my best to like time it while Sorella was sleeping or thing was eating yeah. or playing. I had a very strict schedule with my pumping schedule. With my pumping. Oh, okay. It was I very, didn't. really? No, I kind of was just like, oh, I'm full, got a pump. Oh, I'm full, got a pump. <laughs> but you were breastfeeding her too, right? I only or... breastfed her up until Abraham went to work. So oh, I was, okay. I was, I was nursing and pumping at the same time, but got I it. could not breastfeed it was very okay. hard to breastfeed and try to take care of a toddler it was much more oh easy yeah when I, I, was plugged I can't in. even imagine yeah one I it's cute because um Thane will like help me like put it on oh that is so cute <laughs> pressing the, yeah, the button yeah. and Aww. because he because he was in speech I made it like a game like yeah ready set and then he'd be like go so <laughs> I made it like I love that this, little game while I'm with him and it was very helpful and it it was cute it was it was cute um but I only pumped for 10 months and then afterwards I'm like I got all this feature stash let's go because I think by 10 months I was already um I was so stressed oh my I God. was so stressed by 10 months so that's I how I was with seven at <sighs> seven months I was stressed out that's why I had to stop pumping because I'm like this yeah is too much and I had an oversupply mm-hmm. That's right. I had her pumping so much. Um, Yeah. So I started out at eight pumps a day and I, I eventually got down to three pumps and I was Mm -hmm. still having an oversupply at three pumps, only three pumps a day. I was, I was like making 30 ounces a day. I know. 30 ounces a day. So imagine how much I was making. Yeah. It was, it was insane. I know. Oh my god. I had like extreme weight loss. Mm -hmm. Like extreme weight loss like I was so I felt like I was underweight at one point Mm -hmm. um it was just a lot but I'm glad that I did it until seven months and I like you I had a freezer stash as well Mm -hmm. so 
Wow. Yeah, no, not me. My razor stash, I think, lasted for just a month, maybe a month and a half. Okay. <laughs> but it was time because she turned 12, so I was yeah. like, we're going to put you on top of the formula. Yeah. We're good. Mm-hmm. We're fine. And when I stopped, like, I wasn't upset. When I stopped breastfeeding with Thane. I was upset. When oh, I- the guilt. Oh, yeah. The amount. Well, maybe because you had already gone through it. Like, so you knew. <sighs> I think I was more educated. That with, too, right. With with breastfeeding, I was yeah. comfortable in my decision. When I right. stopped at two months with Thane, I was like, I feel like a failure. I'm a shit that's, mom that's because they say breast is best. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not. I felt Bed so best. guilty. I felt like people were judging me. Mm-hmm. I felt so ashamed. Me too. And then it took us a while to find a formula that worked for Grace. For well, I wouldn't say a while, but it it took like three different formulas, I would say. Yeah. With me, it wasn't difficult. And I'm like so thankful because that's another thing that people don't don't talk about. Like your, your babies can have allergies. Yeah. And, you know, it takes many doctor's appointments and figure, figuring out like what mm-hmm. formula works best for, for them. Mm-hmm. Like I and, like. Mm-hmm. I have I had no no idea stuff like that existed until you're in these mom groups and you're like oh my son or my daughter has a milk allergy when all they have a soy allergy they have this allergy it's (sighs) it's such a real thing that's not talked about um Mm -hmm. I know with us like I we we tried Kendamil have you heard of that one it's like it's a European brand I heard a great thing so I we bought a can of that decided to to try it out but i think it was just too heavy for him it was like okay I think it was like whole milk or i don't i don't know what it but it was like every time i would give it to him he would vomit oh yeah and i told the pediatrician and she was like just give it time but i'm like he kept throwing up i'm not I'm like no i'm gonna switch to something else so we switched mm-hmm. to bobby and he loved that one okay so yeah he Love, love, love that one. So he took that all the way until 12 months. Let's talk about ways your partner, your spouse, oh, yeah. or anyone that's in your corner can help help you out. Yeah. Um, For me, what was so helpful with Abraham was taking on some night feedings. Oh, yeah. That Definitely. was so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um cooking cleaning um washing the pumps the the bottle parts yeah oh my gosh i think every night before abraham went to bed he ensured that all the bottles all the nipples all the parts were clean Mm -hmm. and in our little um sterilizer machine which also dried them so it was such a game changer just having that dryer as well because it has to hand dry yeah, we did that with Dane. Oh my gosh, terrible, terrible. So with with several, I was like, absolutely not. I'm gonna find something, and I did. A, uh, Philips Invent. They have the sterilizer wow. dryer. I, I'll, I'm definitely gonna get that for the next baby because I'll I'll get that for you for the next baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing to have. So yeah. I knew, you know, all the bottles were in there were clean. I didn't have to wait. I could just yeah. bam. Um, he also made sure um the uh, what's it called the baby breeza for a uh, formula dispenser was filled remember yeah yeah was filled with water and formula That's was good. clean because sometimes the little um 
the spout will get like gunky and like dirty so yeah, she yeah. made sure like that was clean so that was really really helpful that's awesome making sure i was staying hydrated that's and, key like, yeah eating the oh, right yeah. things because... was always like refilling my my water yeah. bottle yeah, because they know how important it is to stay hydrated and, and to, fed, um, and, fed mm-hmm. and being fed like the right thing. So I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, like even my mom was such a huge help. Like she would come in here and she would meal prep some items for me. So like oatmeal, um, a, a bunch of stuff just to make sure that, um, you know, I was nourishing my body so that I was nourished, you know, be able to nourish Grayson as well. So, right. Um, words of encouragement. Yes. Like you're doing a great job. You're you amazing. Don't know, yeah. You don't know how great it is to hear that. Oh, that's amazing. You're doing I'm such proud a good of you. job. I'm proud of you. You're doing great. Or I, 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 I love you. If this, you know, yeah, you're a great mom. Yeah. Just anything because with your postpartum like you said you're in this fog mm-hmm. of i'm not good i'm a failure i'm yeah. this, I'm that yep. so to hear things like that it's like i i am like yeah. oh my gosh thank you i'm so i'm so grateful it's take it them helps. out on dates yeah take them out on dates like i remember one week postpartum with cirilla abraham dropped off fame mm-hmm. at your aunt's okay and did a surprise date for me with all Aww. the things I could not eat while pregnant. So I got sushi. He got is, all the he sushi. He thought of in the this world. on his own. On his Aww. own. Got wine. What else did he get? Bless sushi, his heart. Wine. Um <laughs> Italian meats. I love prosciutto. So he got like a big Aww. sack of, of, of prosciutto. That is I so re- sweet. I started crying hysterically because you know, postpartum yeah. blues. Yeah. And I was like Oh my gosh, but I'm breastfeeding. He's like, but I read online that if and he pump, did his research, and he did his, his um his um his research. So he's like, I'll take her right now. Go empty your yourself out, and you can have like four ounces of wine. And by the time you need a pump again or or breastfeed again, like everything will be fine. I was like, okay, no problem. It was so nice. That's to so have. nice. Yeah, Blue would hand me a cocktail every once in a while. Like, here you go. (laughs) Uh, And fun fact about Blue, he knows how to mix drinks well. He does. He's he's a mixologist. Yes, he is. Your aunt's always bragging how he makes his ginger beer or something. I don't know. I I, I forget. She's always like, oh my God, Blue made me this drink and I can't stop thinking about it. It's a really good drink. It has like, I think it has like mezcal and ginger beer. I don't know what, but it's really good. It's something. He needs to get back into it. He does. He does. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode was very helpful for you guys. Um, Let us know if you want us to talk more about postpartum because we could probably go on Mm -hmm. and on and on talking about postpartum. I think it's one of the things I'm most passionate about, I would say. Yes, I would say too. Mm-hmm. because it's so it's so important to know there's so much res- uh, resources out yeah. there i will end it on a note if you do feel like you're having any signs of postpartum depression anxiety or rage please 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 reach out to your doctor do not feel ashamed do not feel like you're a bad mom or a bad person please get the support that you need also real quick uh when we 
post this episode, uh, we'll post some resources on our Instagram too. So be on the yes. lookout for that. Yes. All right. Bye guys. All right, guys. Bye.